swarm of green light flares among the trees at Achinohashi Park. Naru materializes and stumbles to the forest floor, the darkness of the night sizzling her senses. She's covered in sweat, and her breathing is haggard as she takes in her new surroundings. Where am I? Getting to her feet, Naru starts sobbing. The last thing she remembers was Nephrite putting the obsidian helmet on her, and then the overwhelming sense of power from within her. Next thing she knew, she was here. She wipes her face and then stares at her hands. What's happening to me? Naru runs out of the trees, sobs spilling out of her freely, and she recognizes this as Ichinohashi Park. She cries again in relief. She's home. She's in Juban. Her feet are sore and bruised, but she has to get home. She has to get home and put an end to all of this. As she runs for what seems like hours, Naru hopes beyond every instinct within her that she can go back to her normal life as if nothing had ever changed. Almost a week passes since the Petal Promenade disaster, and it finds most citizens of Juban getting back into their normal routines. The same can be said for Usagi Tsukino and her friends as they walk to school. Usagi laughs at a joke Makoto makes, and the rest of the girls follow suit. I'm so glad it's Friday. Does anyone have any fun plans for after school today? Nothing on my end. Just doing chores around the shrine with Grandpa. My dads are having a movie marathon where they watch all the Scream movies back to back, so I'll be lazily joining them. Fun! What about you, Ami? Ami blushes slightly and pulls her books tighter to her chest. Well, actually, I do have plans tonight. My dad is supposed to stop by and then make me and my mom a special dinner while I study. Oh, what's the special occasion? It's my birthday. Everyone but Ami stops dead in their tracks. She notices and turns to face them. What? Ami, why didn't you tell us? Yeah, we would have gotten you something. Oh, it's fine. I don't usually do much for my birthday anyways. Well, not this year. We should throw you a party. Yes, we can have it at the shrine. Really? You don't have to make a fuss over me. We want to. What do you say? Party at Ray's after school? I can bake a cake and cook us some amazing food. Usagi squeals with glee, and the girls laugh. Alright, alright. I'll just have to move my study sessions, but it is my birthday. Yay, this is going to be so much fun! The friends exchange laughter with one another, and they continue walking down the street, happy that they have something non-Guardian related to look forward to. Things have changed at the Dark Kingdom Castle, and Nephrite isn't sure it's all for the best. Ever since Queen Metalia's awakening, she'd wasted no time with making sure all of the creatures knew that they were to follow her orders from now on, and to regard Queen Beryl and her generals as some sort of secondary authority. Nephrite feels a little like a lone wolf, especially since his favorite creature, Garabin, had been destroyed by the Sailor Guardians. And with Zoocyte and Kunzite being a unit, he worries that his end is nearing. After their plot to gather energy was thwarted, Kunzite and Zoocyte were eager to please the newly awakened ruler. Nephrite preferred to receive orders before jumping to action. He nods at the two guard creatures at the throne room, and with a nod, they allow him to pass. He takes in the presence of the Dark Kingdom's supreme ruler. Metalia has gray-white skin, smooth and as unblemished as marble. She's wrapped in a black dress that clings to her slightly broad frame, and the garment almost looks like it's dripping ink down the fabric. Her black shoulder-length hair falls in a similar fashion, in dripping tendrils that frame her face. Her fingers have pointed orange-yellow nails, talons matching her fierce exterior. And her eyes are a bold yellow with a cat-like iris, just peering into them set Nephrite on edge. As he approaches the throne, he witnesses Beryl and Metalia in a deep discussion. Of course, my queen. 
I swear to you, we will find the mystical silver crystal. It has to be quick, Beryl. The girl definitely has magnificent power within her. But there wasn't enough time to awaken me fully. I'm at a fraction of my usual powers, and the only thing that can rob me is that damn crystal blessed by the moon! Nephrite clears his throat to announce his presence, and both Beryl and Metallia shift their stances immediately. <clears throat> Apologies, my queens. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's quite alright, Nephrite. Metallia crosses her legs on the obsidian throne as her smile widens confidently. Ah, so this is Nephrite. Beryl tells me you were instrumental in my great awakening. Unsure of how he should play the compliment, Nephrite simply nods. Yes, my queen. My tracking crystal located the hidden power within the girl. And your instincts were correct. The girl definitely houses the silver crystal. Could this mean that she's the reincarnation of Princess Serenity? Perhaps. One thing is for sure. Metallia grunts in pain, and Beryl moves to aid her, but the Supreme Ruler waves her off. I'm fine, but without the silver crystal, I could revert back to my stasis. Since it only partially healed my form, I fear I won't be able to enact my rule over this forsaken planet without the silver crystal's healing ability. She squares her eyes on Nephrite. Nephrite, I appreciate the undertaking you played in getting me back. Anything for the kingdom, my queen. For your help, I am replacing your assigned creature with one that I've had enough strength to have superpower. Kai Amran, come forth! In a flash of purple light, one of the Dark Kingdom's creatures fizzes into view. Kai Amran has lavender skin, with bulging shoulders that jut upwards to meet her ears. Her navy hair falls down her face in a sloppy manner, and it matches her eyes perfectly. She wears a purple bodysuit that covers her left side, but leaves her right arm and thigh bare. Her exposed legs are accentuated by her black, strappy heels. She instantly bows upon seeing Queen Metallia. Queen Metallia, it's wondrous to see you again. Nephrite does his best to remain steel-faced as he catches an eye-roll from Beryl at Kyamarin's behavior. He can't blame her. Just a few days ago, Kyamarin would have groveled at Beryl's feet. How fast things had changed once Metallia was back on the throne. I've awarded Kyamarin with the ability to trap enemies in sort of a freeze frame, unable to move. I was inspired by my own wretched stasis, and it'll be the perfect addition to help you rid us of the Sailor Guardians before they get the chance to awaken their horrid princess. You want me to battle the Sailor Guardians? Shouldn't Zoicite and Kunzite aid me- Zoicite and Kunzite have already been tasked, Nephrite. They're already out searching for the girl that escaped with the Silver Crystal. To this, Nephrite, with the help of Kyamarin and further accomplish your place here in the Dark Kingdom. Do it well, and I could see you having much more significant place by my side. Surely you mean along with myself. Metallia rolls her own eyes and flicks her fingers at Beryl. Oh, Beryl, dear. Refrain from groveling. It's not becoming of a creature in your withering condition. Beryl's jaw slacks, and Nephrite could tell that she wanted to gasp in shock. But she dare not give Metallia the pleasure. Instead, she grits through her teeth. Of course, my queen. Now... Make your leave, Nephrite, and make your queen proud. As you command, Queen Metallia. Nephrite bows to the pair and hastily departs from the throne room, with Kyamarin following. He tries to shed his nerves as he thinks of a plan to ensure that he and Kyamarin succeed. Arriving at school, all Usagi could think about was how much fun Ami's party was going to be, and how excited she was for it. It was nice to have something positive to focus on. After the pedal promenade dance had failed to help them in their search for Naru, Usagi had been trying her best to stay positive. 
But with Naru still missing, there were moments when it was extremely hard, especially not having her at school. As she closes her locker before homeroom, Umino ambles up to her. Hey, Usagi. Umino, hi. How are you? You would know if you'd answer any of my texts or calls. Umino hadn't said it in a mean tone, but all that did was make Usagi feel twice as guilty. She had seen the missed calls and unanswered texts, and she'd made an effort to remember to respond to him, but it had gotten away from her. With her studying sessions with Ami and Makoto, and fighting these monsters as Sailor Moon, answering Umino had fallen fast to rock bottom of her priority list. She slumps forward a little. Ugh, Umino. I'm so sorry. I've just been really busy with my study group, and I've been pretty scatterbrained lately. Umino nods. Which is why I haven't pushed you about it until now. And I know with Naru missing... He pauses, and Usagi sees tears swimming behind his Coke bottle glasses. He clears his throat and regains control over his voice. I know it's been hard lately, but it hasn't just been hard on you is what I'm trying to say. And I haven't been the best friend to you through this. I know that, Umino. And I'm really sorry about it. I'll try harder, okay? Thanks, Usagi. I just... Kinda wanted someone to talk to, you know? I know I've been annoying the hell out of Naru's mom, asking for updates, but they have no idea what happened to her after the explosion at the police station. Usagi wants to tell him something, anything that could qualm his worries, but there wasn't anything she could offer up. Sure, she knew that the enemy had taken Naru, but the where and the why still escapes her. They're going to find her, Umino. And soon. They just have to. The five-minute warning bell rings, and Umino nods. I should get to class. Maybe we can hang out at the arcade sometime this weekend? I'd like that. Later, Umino. See ya! Umino exits down the hall for his homeroom class, and Usagi is poised to do the same when a small crowd catches her eye at the opposite end of the hall. She sees a group of students hollering and yelling incoherently. Usagi slowly marches toward the commotion when suddenly, Naru breaks from the center of the hysteria. Will you guys please let me walk? Usagi drops her books and they spill to the floor. She would think it's a mirage if the other people around weren't repeating Naru's name and begging her to explain where she'd been. Naru spots Usagi and runs up to her. She grabs Usagi's arm, and all Usagi can do is watch, completely immobile. Let's get out of here. Naru pulls Usagi down the hall, and they make a sharp turn into an empty classroom to evade the crowd of questions. Naru pushes Usagi inside and locks the door. As Usagi tries to gain her bearings, Naru makes sure none of the crowd caught them sneaking into the room. Good, they're gone. She turns to face Usagi, but Usagi pushes Naru lightly as tears fall onto her cheeks. What the hell? Naru? Usagi, I- How long have you been back? Do you have any idea how worried Umino's been? How worried I've been? You've been missing and you just casually show up like- Usagi, stop. Usagi backs off, stepping backward a few steps. Naru shakes herself and takes a deep breath before looking deep into Usagi's eyes. I got back about a week ago, but it's taken me all that time to regain my strength after I was taken by the Dark Kingdom. Usagi's eyes become wide saucers. You know the name of the people that have been attacking Juban? I know a lot more than that. Like what? Like the fact that you are Sailor Moon, Usagi. A gasp escapes Usagi, and she feels her face growing hot. How in the hell did Naru know that? Had the enemy told her? The thought of the enemy, or rather, the Dark Kingdom, knowing who she really was, sets her heart and soul on fire. Naru, how do you- A lot happened to me since I was taken. It's taken most of the week, but I remember. I remember everything from before. Everything from when you were Princess Serenity. Shock continues to darken Usagi's face, and she stammers as she struggles to find the words to question Naru's suddenly acquired knowledge. What? 
I, I don't. I know, I know. Listen, I only came to school because I have a meeting with the principal, so I won't be in classes with you. But I can explain things to you that you not only deserve to know, but things that you need to know. Meet me after school at Ichinahasi Park, okay? And make sure you bring the rest of the guardians. Naro? Later, I promise. I have to go. Immediately after school, alright? Nara gives Usagi a smile, and before Usagi can even mention Ami's party, or any of the million questions buzzing around her brain, Naru bounds out of the classroom and leaves Usagi stunned by what just happened. Overlooking the Juban shopping district, watching from the rooftop of an abandoned building, Kunzite surveys the crowd with Soasite. He sits on the edge of the roof, an orb of dark energy floating in front of him that's scanning the immediate area for powerful energy. Zoocyte stands a few feet away on the roof, closing his eyes and tapping into nearby nature to read energy levels in pursuit of locating that girl Nephrite had taken. Kunzite watches Zoocyte with a feeble smile. Being separated all that time across the world, Kunzite wanted nothing more than to take Zoocyte somewhere far away from the Sailor Guardians and the Dark Kingdom and live out their lives together. He secretly wants more than just fighting in the name of Metallia and Beryl, but he knows he can't possibly voice so. He begins to look into the distance, dreaming of a different life, as Zoocyte opens his eyes and scoffs. I can't get a read on anything. Maybe we should relocate? Kunzite doesn't answer, and Zoocyte grins before joining Kunzite on the ledge of the roof. Kunzite, hello? He breaks out of his daydream and gives Zoocyte a small laugh. Sorry, what were you saying, dear? <laughs> What's on your mind? You look like you are a million miles away. Kunzite lets out a heavy sigh and tosses the idea around of relaying his thoughts to Zoocyte. At least here, with his love, he could express himself without fear of the rest of the Dark Kingdom overhearing them. He shifts closer to Zoocyte before he opens his mouth. I've been thinking. Ooh, that's dangerous. About what, babe? Do you ever think about how weird it is we don't remember anything from before we joined the Dark Kingdom? Shouldn't we have childhood memories? Were we even children? Are we even human? Whoa, hold on. That's a lot all at once. I'm serious, though. Why don't we have any other memories than one day we're just serving the Dark Kingdom? I- Zoocyte was going to protest and say that it wasn't weird at all, and who were they to question Beryl and Metalia? But then he really thought about what Kunzite was saying, and he scoffs yet again. I've never really thought about it until now, but yeah, that is suspicious. Don't get me wrong, I'm thankful to Beryl for finding us, like she said, but where did she find us? I just want to know more about who we are, and if there's the possibility that we can have some sort of life outside of the kingdom. He reaches over and grabs Zoocyte's hand. I love you, Zoocyte, with my entire heart, and I don't want what happened to Jadite to happen to you. Zoocyte squeezes Kunzite's hand back comfortingly. I love you too, Kunzite. We're gonna find that girl and we're going to be praised by Queen Metalia. I won't let us meet the same fate as Jadeite, I promise you. The only thing I want you to promise me is that we'll leave. After we succeed in giving the girl over to Metalia, we'll run away from this life and have one of our own. Maybe we'll never find out who we were before the Dark Kingdom, but maybe we can find who we're meant to be on our own. Zoocyte leans over and places a quick kiss on Kunzite's lips. Let's finish this mission, and then we'll run. You promise? I swear. But don't you think Metalia and Beryl are going to send creatures after us? I have a funny feeling that they're not going to be too keen on us abandoning the Dark Kingdom. You let me worry about that part. I'll figure something out. I just want to live my life with you, free and safe. Zoocyte leans into Kunzite's arms. Ah, <sighs> that sounds absolutely perfect. Maybe we can retire to Siberia. <laughs> You've grown accustomed to the cold, huh? The colder, the better. But as long as you're there, I don't care where we end up. Same here, my love. The two kiss again, and Kunzite feels immensely better. 
As long as he has Zoocyte by his side, he's content. He just hopes he can manifest a way for them to leave the Dark Kingdom without enacting the wrath of both Queen Metallia and Queen Beryl. Usagi feels frantic as she darts out of her final class for the day and meets up with Makoto and Ami. She'd already told them what had happened with Naru during their lunch study session, but now that school was done for the day, they needed to tell Minako and Rei the new upset. After gathering her friends, Usagi leads them out of the school, and they begin walking down the street together. I'm going to call Minako now. She instantly pulls out her cell phone and presses the appropriate button to contact Minako. As they walk behind Usagi, Makoto gives Ami a playful nudge with her shoulder. I'm sorry that we'll have to push back your birthday party. Oh, don't worry about me, Mako. I'll be fine. Besides, guardian duties come first. Yeah, I know, but still, I wanted to bake you a cake and everything. It's so sweet of you, really, but I'm alright. We need to figure out what's going on with Naru, especially now that she's given us the name of the enemy. Yeah, the Dark Kingdom. Could they sound more ominous? Usagi yelps wildly into her cell phone. Why did you take so long to answer? This is an emergency. Chill, Usagi. Don't jump down her throat. I agree. Calm and collected is the best practice for young ladies such as ourselves. Oh, don't give me that. No, not you, Mina. Listen, we need to postpone Ami's party. It's about Naru. She's back and she knows who the enemy is. What? Are you sure? Of course I am! And it's not just that. She knows I'm Sailor Moon, and I think she knows who the rest of the Guardians are, too. How the hell does she know that? I don't know, but she wants us to meet her at Ichinahashi Park, ASAP. Can you grab Rei and meet us there? Of course. We're on our way. Great. See you soon. Minako hangs up the phone and glances at Rei, who had been walking with her when she'd gotten Usagi's call. How bad is it? Potentially catastrophic from how Usagi was sounding. Great. And Ami's party? She said we'll postpone it. Naru's back. No shit. How? No idea. But she wants Usagi to bring all of us to Ichinohashi Park to tell us how she knows we're Sailor Guardians. I have a bad feeling about this. Minako locks arms with Rei. That makes two of us. As they continue to walk across the grounds of the TA Girls Academy, Minako's phone rings once more. Rei rolls her eyes. Tell Bunhead we're going as fast as we can. Jeez. Laughing, Minako sees who's calling, and her smile fades instantly. It's not Usagi. Who is it? Minako flashes the screen at Rei, where the words Natsuna Sakurada, police chief, reflect back at her. Ah, uh, hell. Minako hesitantly answers her phone. Chief Sakurada, to what do I owe this pleasure? Please, Sailor V. You've saved my life and helped protect my police station. I think we've reached that point in our relationship where you can call me Natsuna. Alright then. Natsuna, what can I do for you? Well, while the police station isn't completely reconstructed, we need to meet. My boss says he doesn't like the idea of the Sailor Guardians being endorsed by the police when I haven't met all of them. So he's requiring that I meet with all of you, and that we talk strategy and come up with a plan to attack whoever's unleashing these monsters in Juban. Not a terrible idea. When did he want us to meet? Is now a bad time? She covers the receiver end of her phone and whispers to Ray. She wants to meet with all the Guardians right now. No way. We have enough to deal with if this narrow thing is as big as Usagi's making it out to be. Minako nods and removes her hand from her phone. Actually, we have a huge lead on the enemy. The Guardians and I are doing some scouting tonight to gather intel. We can reconvene with you after that? Mm, it has to be tomorrow at the latest, I'm afraid. My boss has me in a strict deadline to meet with you. Understood. We'll meet with you tomorrow. Great. We've taken over the rec center down the street from the station while it's being rebuilt. It's the red building. You can't miss it. Meet me there tomorrow at noon. We'll be there. See you tomorrow, Natsuna. Thank you, Sailor V. 
Minako hangs up, drops her phone into the pocket of her jeans, and groans at Ray. <sighs> Things just keep getting more complicated. Ray relinks their arms together as they turn down a different street. Just another day in the life of the Sailor Guardians. Naru waits patiently in the park, waiting for a glimpse of the Sailor Guardians. She doesn't wait long before she sees fully transformed sailor-suited soldiers running over to her. Standing before her are Sailor Jupiter, Sailor Mercury, and Sailor Moon. Usagi, you made it. She really does know that you're Sailor Moon. Naru smiles. Nice to meet you, Sailor Jupiter. You too, Sailor Mercury. Naru, how do you know about the Sailor Guardians? What happened to you when you were taken? Taking a deep breath, Naru shakes her head in a bout of disbelief. But before she can explain, the fully transformed pair that is Sailor Venus and Sailor Mars come bounding over. So, this is Bunhead's friend. Hi, Sailor Mars. Sailor Venus. I'm glad you're here. Likewise, but why exactly are we here? Naru steals herself before continuing to explain herself. When I was taken by the Dark Kingdom, I had no idea why. Then, when the man who took me attacked me, my wound healed in a flash of green light. That's when I felt like something more was happening. Then, the night that I escaped their castle, they were trying to drain my power and something... No, someone else inside of me reacted and allowed me to escape. Someone else inside you? Naro, what are you talking about? It was actually a previous me that had been asleep for a very long time. Over the week that I've been back, I've managed to regain my memories. What memories? Memories of what happened to Emerald Millennium, Silva Millennium, and all the other planetary kingdoms. Hold on. I'm confused. How would you know what happened before? Naru grins again and waves her hand out in front of her. A green and blue marbled star wand appears, and she grasps it firmly. It has the same golden star that their own star wands have, but the symbol at the center of it is a perfect circle with a perfect T-shape inside of it. The three guardians gasp wildly. Because I was there. She lifts her star wand high in the air and exclaims in a calm, clear voice. Earth crystal power, make up! Usagi and the others watch as the familiar magical ribbons cover Naru, and they're all suddenly thankful that they're deep in the park and in a clearing surrounded by trees, so no one was seeing this. Soon enough, Naru stands before them as a fully transformed Sailor Guardian. Her outfit's base is white, like everyone else's. Her sailor collar is pale green, matching the color of her skirt. She has long boots that are a pale blue color, and she has the golden circle at the center of her chest with the same pale blue symbol that matches her star wand and her mask is a marbled mix of both her green and blue colors. Usagi steps forward with tears in her eyes. Naru, you're a Sailor Guardian? Yes, I am Sailor Earth. While all the Sailor Guardians are taking this in, a sound flows into the air as two men materialize in a swarm of cherry blossom petals. Usagi gasps and notices that they're dressed similarly to the man that had attacked Mamoru outside of the petal promenade. Finally, we found her. Zoosite shrieks as both of them take in the scene of the Guardians. <gasps> what? She's one of the Sailor Guardians? At least now we know why she was strong enough to awaken our supreme ruler. Nephrite warps into view, hovering slightly above a nearby tree's branch, just as Kunzite and Zoosite are. His surprise is evident, but he turns away from his fellow generals and regards the Guardians he was sent to find. So the little girl really did harbor a significant amount of power. You're the ones we saw leading the dance benefit! And the man we confronted outside of the museum. Who are you, badly dressed creeps? Ah! Badly dressed? Oh, that is unforgivable! It's called a uniform. And rich, coming from a bunch of color-coordinated sailor brats. Who the hell are you? Who are you working for? 
Oh, I suppose we should introduce ourselves. I'm Zoocyte. I am Kunzite. And I'm Nephrite. We are the Heavenly Kings of the Dark Kingdom. And we serve the devilishly Dark Queen Beryl. And our newly awakened Supreme Ruler, Queen Metallia. The Guardians stare at each other as the information from the enemy sinks in. We don't care about Jubon. We care about the mystical silver crystal. Nephrite points at Naru. And this new Sailor Guardian has it hidden within her. Yamenon! A creature appears in a flurry of lavender light and stares at the Guardians forebodingly. Yes, Master Nephrite? Kill these insufferable Sailor Guardians. <laughs> My pleasure. Kyamarin lunges at their collective group, and Naru swings her hands up hurriedly. Terrarium! Protection! Her hands glow the now familiar pale green light, and an abundance of trees sprout out of the ground until they are completely enveloped in a protective forest. What do we do? We can't take on the creature and all three of them, can we? Of course we can. We just need to divide and conquer. Usagi, you stay with Naru. I have a feeling Kunzite and Zoisite are going to gun for her. Makoto, join them for backup. Got it. Ami and Rei, let's show this Dark Kingdom creature what the Sailor Guardians are made of. With pleasure. Let's burn this abomination. Minako gives Naru a nod, and the latter takes her hands and swings them down. They glow green once more, and the forest shielding them dissipates, evaporating back into the grass below them. Kayamarin looks confused and growls at the guardians. Minako leads Ami and Rei over to the far end of the clearing, leaving Usagi with Naru and Makoto. Nephrite lingers, smiling as Kayamarin runs after the other three. Zoocyte and Kunzite, however, float down from the tree they hovered from and land on the ground. No time to waste. Of course, we need this new Sailor Guardian, and we're going to get her! Like hell you are! Dark green sparks foxtrot along Makoto's fingers as she fortifies her power. Jupiter Thunderbolt! She shoots her lightning directly at Zoocyte, and he leaps out of the way just in time. Growling, he throws his hands toward her, and cherry blossom petals fly out, spinning fast like razor blades heading toward them. Naru rotates her hand and clutches a fist, and the petals are drained of their energy until they brown and wilt to the grass. She beams at him defiantly. If you try using plant magic with me here, you'll never succeed. I am Sailor Earth, guardian of nature and restoration. On behalf of the Earth, I'll bury you. Hey, she stole my tagline idea. Not the time, Sailor Moon. <laughs> right. Swearing, Zoocyte turns to Kunzite. My powers aren't any good, Kunzite! No worries, dear. I've got this. Report back to Beryl and Metallia, and let them know we found the girl. Good luck, babe! In his usual swirl of cherry blossom petals, Zoocyte disappears. As he does, Kunzite laughs as he slowly approaches his set of the Guardians. I won't need luck to defeat these pesky teenagers. On the other side of the big clearing, Kyamarin flicks her fingers at the Guardians, but so far they keep evading the attacks. But then she throws energy from her hands, and it connects against Rei's temple. Rei is frozen in place, stuck in a bent-over motion. Kyamarin leaps over to attack her, but Minako rushes over and kicks Kyamarin in the face. As the creature is recoiling, Minako goes to Rei and grabs her shoulders, shaking her free of the freeze-frame trap. Once Minako notices Kyamarin getting both frustrated and tired, she nods towards Ami. Sailor Mercury, now! Ami nods back and lunges out of the way of Kyamarin's attack yet again before summoning her power. Mercury Aqua Mist! 
A jet stream of water flies towards Sky Amarin, hitting her square in the chest and causing her to fall to her knees, snarling angrily. Kyamarin staggers to her feet. Minako leaps into the air and waits until she's directly above Kyamarin before she too gathers the magical strength from within her. Kyamarin looks up confused. Venus, sulfur, javelin! Minako produces four javelins of pure yellow-orange sulfur and tosses them to where they pierce Kyamarin's arms and legs, pinning her to the ground. She screams as the sulfuric acid bleeds into her body. Minako lands in a perfect tumble. Sailor Mars, finish her! Ray nods and does her hand configuration, and red flames slither along her knuckles. Mars, fire, soul! A trifecta of fireballs leap from her hands and come hurling towards Kyamarin. They hit her with such force that Kyamarin's screams are swallowed up by the explosion of her body. The girls holler in victory as Kyamarin is reduced to ash. At the opposite end of the clearing, Naru and Usagi both dodge Kunzite's negative energy static and watch with wide eyes as his attack punctures Makoto in the chest, tossing her backwards so hard that she hits the trunk of a nearby tree. Makoto grimaces as she falls to the ground and barely moves. Sailor Jupiter! Sailor Moon, I think we need to attack him together. Let's do it! Usagi flexes her hands in front of her, and Naru does a similar action, both of them doing their respective stances to make their magic flow through their bodies. Earth tectonic shift! Twin moonbeams jolt out of Usagi's hands, and Kudzite shields his eyes as the light starts to swarm his body, causing him to jerk in pain. Naru's hands glow green, and the ground five feet away from Kunzite starts to break open, and jagged shrapnels of rock are sent toward him, impaling him with painful shards. Go check on Jupiter. I can finish him. Are you sure? Absolutely. Usagi prepares to run, but Kunzite yelps and the earth shards stuck to him crumble to minced soil. Don't bother. We aren't finished just yet, Sailor Guardians. In a crackle of negative static, Kunzite teleports away from them. Damn it! It's okay. Let's make sure Jupiter's okay. They run over to her as the other guardians, across the clearing, turn to see Nephrite visibly annoyed. Swearing, Nephrite jumps over to them, and their guard is instantly back up. That's twice now that you've destroyed monsters under my command, and I've had enough! He raises both his hands above his head, dark red energy capsizing along his palms, and he hurls two orbs of energy at them. Minako and Rei are able to tumble out of the way, but one of the orbs hits Ami, and a small explosion sounds off. She's sent flying high in the air, through the trees and out of the clearing. Mercury! Nephrite cackles in triumph, but it's cut off as Usagi and Naru come over, helping Makoto walk as they join their fellow guardians. Can I try taking us all on? Seriously? <laughs> you have two injured guardians, and you still think you can defeat me? I may be down, but I'm not out. I can still zap you to oblivion. Let's see how strong you are, Nephrite. A figure blurs in the trees, catching everyone's attention. A man in a full fancy get-up drops down from the branches, his white mask obscuring his features, but Usagi gasps positively. Tuxedo mask! You won't win, Nephrite. I refuse for you to acquire the mystical silver crystal before I do. Usagi feels a jolt. Tuxedo mask was after the mystical silver crystal? But didn't Mamoru also need the crystal for his memories? Could it be that she secretly knew that Mamoru... Neither of you can have the mystical silver crystal. It's okay, Venus. No one's getting their hands on anything. In the name of the moon, I will protect the crystal of silver millennium. 
Enough talking. Let's kill this bastard. Nephrite jumps backwards. I know when to fold my hand. Until next time, Sailor Guardians. Nephrite disappears and the girls all look at each other. We need to get to Sailor Mercury. They all agree and everyone sets off through the trees, though Minako stays behind to help Makoto walk as fast as she can. They find Ami curled around the trunk of a tree, crumpled and unmoving. No! Makoto and Minako join the group circling Ami, and she detaches herself from the injured guardian to address the group as a whole. We need our star wands. No, no we don't. She looks like she's dying! Usagi bends down and checks Ami. She's still breathing. I know she's in rough shape, but didn't you hear me earlier? I'm also the Guardian of Restoration. After all, the healing escalation powers originally came from me. I can heal Ami and all of you at the same time. Naru turns to face them, and locks eyes with each of them as she continues to speak. I think it's time all of you remember our past lives as much as I do. You can do that? You can give us all of our memories? If not all of them, most of them. If we are going to defeat the Dark Kingdom, you all deserve to know why we're fighting them. Naru... Naru turns and smiles at Usagi. It's going to be alright, Usagi. We all are. She faces the majority of the Guardians again. Everyone, close your eyes and focus on what life must have been like back when the planetary kingdoms thrived. They do as instructed, and Naru raises her hands, the pale green light throbbing around them. Earth nurturing restoration. All the Guardians are swallowed in the hum of the green glow, and everything fades to white. Nephrite is the last of the Heavenly Kings to return to the Dark Kingdom, and he finds both Queens and his fellow generals waiting for him in the throne room. Tell me you have the crystal, Nephrite. I'm afraid not, my Queen. So what Zuazite and Kunzite said is true? A sixth guardian has awakened? It is. The girl used to partially awaken Queen Metallia is calling herself Sailor Earth. She could cancel out my plant magic. If we are to defeat them, we need stronger powers. Beryl, let us combine our powers Metallia begins to twist on the throne in severe pain. Beryl and the generals of the Dark Kingdom rush over instantly. Queen Metallia! Metallia throws her head back in a scream. And light green energy pours out of her eyes and mouth until it surges powerfully and covers the entire throne room. And that's when everything for the Dark Kingdom fades to white. Sailor Moon, the audio series, Season 1, Episode 5, starring Maddie Lewis as Nari Osaka, Michelle Marie Rodriguez as Minako Aino, Kelsey Schilling as Ray Hino, Kayla San Angelo as Makoto Kino, Misha Horn as Usaki Tsukino and Queen Beryl, Tyra Whitehead as Ami Mizuno, Dreama Irene Combs as Queen Metallia. Terrence Moon as Mamoru Chiba and Nephrite. Marcella Kicks as Kai Amaran. Lauren Harrison as Gurio Umino. Justin Gray as Zoocyte. Dominic Todd as Kunzite. And Jennifer Oven as Natsuna Sakurada. Written, edited, and narrated by Justin Gray. Opening theme by Brooke Surgener. Sound effects from freesound.org and background music from the original Sailor Moon anime. Sailor Moon Audio Series is a fan production based on the work by Naoka Takeuchi and Toei Animation. No copyright infringement intended. <laughs>